This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. And now we have on the line uh, Taylor Davis Colley um, from Orokanui Eco Sanctuary, who's going to be telling us about what goes on uh, up there when it's when it's this wet. We've had a we've had a few weeks of it. So, uh, Morena Taylor. And that you're quiet for me. I don't know if you're quiet for everyone else. Um, oh, yep. Yeah, no, is, is, is that all right? Yep, that's perfect. That's so, um, yeah, it's it's been astonishingly wet twice and, and an unusual wind direction with it. Um, so, yeah, what what happened at Orokinui? Yeah, well, the, the rain is a really interesting one for us. It's, it's one of our biggest challenges at Orokinui, I suppose, that we have this this beautiful stream that runs through the sanctuary that is, is the name the sanctuary, it's the Autokanui stream, and it also is probably the reason that the forest is still there, because the need to keep that stream fresh and clean was probably the reason that the forest at Autokanui was initially protected, you know, uh, 50 or, or more years ago, um, to provide water for the hospital at the bottom of the valley. But that stream does come with its challenges. Um, we have this water that wants to flow out of the sanctuary and we need to get that water out of the sanctuary. But at the same time, we can't let any stoats or rats or mice uh, get back in. And all those animals can go through water, particularly rats. Yeah. So under normal conditions, you know, uh, our, our our system is that the, the stream actually flows through a series of, of fine grates with, with mesh that isn't that much different to the mesh that's on the rest of the fence. Of course... You can imagine that, particularly in a in a flood situation like what we've had over the last couple of weeks, these these immense downpour events, um, that you know all this debris and extra water enters these waterways, and those grates very quickly get built up and they block. And then, if water starts to run through the fence, uh, we get into a big trouble. So we have to have this special system where, in these situations, our our grates actually open up to allow more water out of the sanctuary. And then, mm. of course, we've got to make sure that we're we're checking on those to ensure they close, um, to make sure that when, when the water level goes down that we're not um, causing breaches. But there were some places where even with those systems, the water was overwhelming our culvert systems and flowing through the fence, which is always a bit of a concern for us because if it washes out the fence, it can cause damage that um, that can cause an incursion. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just the, the. I guess you, you've got if you're if you're opening it at the bottom, you've got the sheer force of water on your side. As long as you stop, as long as you close it again when the water stops. Yeah, that's right. So the the, the sheer flow of the water keeps keeps uh, those introduced predators out while while the gates open. Um, but yeah, it's that it's that when that gate closes, that can be an issue. So we you know we have to. We have to do all sorts of things. We've got little cameras there, and um, we check those really regularly. And, yeah, it's, it is. it does make it a bit of an issue. But one of the good things about this particular event is that an area that we've had problems with in the past uh, had didn't actually cause us any problems this time because of, uh, thanks to the Otago Regional Council and some other funders, we spent um, some money doing some preventative maintenance, actually uh, modifying part of the one of the tracks near a fence 
to create a, a kind of high-flow spillway so the water, instead of running down a hill and impacting the fence, that it would go kind of around a berm and into a culvert that um, causes us a lot less issues. And this was our first real test of that system, and it seems to have worked, which is really cool. And it just goes to show how the the preventative work, the, the looking into the future and seeing what, mm. what risks we expect happen is really valuable, particularly as these you know high uh, atmospheric river events, these really high-flow rain events, are likely just going to become increasingly common under climate change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that that is it. Um, yeah, I, it was noticed here by by several people that we had a very very unusual event with the high high winds coming from the northeast and rain and heavy rain at the same time, and then a fortnight later. The very unusual event happened again, yeah. Um, and it's it's yeah. We we can expect more of these, and and actually, yeah. At some point, we've got to not consider them unusual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I haven't I haven't investigated. And so, are we expecting to to get wetter? Um, so yeah, Dunedin is one of those places that uh, the modelling suggests that we will get wetter. Um, Overall, obviously, Canterbury and a lot of the eastern North Island will, will, will it seems like it's going to get dry, but mm-hmm. it looks like we'll get wetter here, which in some ways is good. But it, the the issue is, I think people um, uh, really look at that and they think, oh, we'll get more rain over the year. But it's likely that we'll. It's not that we'll get more rain over the year spread out. It's that we'll get these larger events more common. Mm. So, you know, it'll be more common for us to have actually a, a drier summer and a, and a dry autumn like we had this year. We actually put off um, some work that we were doing because of how dry it was. It was so unceasingly dry in autumn. Um, and then we had this incredibly wet winter. So that it's clear that that'll become common, that the, that the rain will become uh, more... Rather than being spread out, it'll become more likely to happen in these large events, and they'll become more unpredictable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we, we we need to, yeah, we need to be prepared for the extremes. It's Absolutely. Not, yeah, yeah. It's not not just an extra mill of of rain every month. It's it's <laughs> yeah. It'll all, all come at once, and we're not entirely certain when. Yeah. Um. Right. So. So. Yeah. So, so you've you've been getting ahead of the curve with uh, with with prepping for for heavy rain events, and that seems to have worked out. And you've got all kinds of systems to to deal with it. But of course, yeah, um, streams sometimes run heavier, sometimes run run uh, run slower, and um, and so presumably the the animals that that rely on that stream have got some some way of dealing with that. And so, so what, what do they get up to when you get this kind of downpour? Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, the, most, of the, most of the wildlife in the sanctuary is pretty well cope, can, can cope quite well with the rain. So, you know, all the birds just kind of find, find somewhere that, to, to find a nice little refuge to roost, um, and they seem to cope really well. Um, you know, the carker actually tend to get quite excited by heavy rain events and heavy weather events. They particularly like thunder. Um, but the, but for, particularly for the stream life, these these really large fire events can be can be quite fine, and we tend to get lots of um, sediment coming out of the stream. We tend to get uh, these really high flows that uh, push, um, particularly the invertebrates, down the stream. Um, 
but they tend to recolonize quite quickly. So, yeah, it really depends on on the 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 how larger event we're looking at and the the intensity of it, and then how how long it will take for the stream to kind of come back to normal after that, rather than how long it will it it, it will always kind of be fine because it's um, because we've got those invertebrates there to restock. But certainly, these large events do push a lot of those things out. Yeah, and and so and the the so I guess you've got the 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 rains falling down, and you've got the the land, which I guess yeah, judging by the amount of land next to roads that has slipped, um, we, we've got kind of movement there, and so is it does it. Is it catastrophic for any of the animals? Like if they're nesting in the ground or flooding? Is there? I mean, certainly there would be species that that um, uh, well, individuals, I should say that 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 would have been um, would have been killed by by these heavy rain events. Um, particularly things like you know there could have been skinks that were um, living closer to the water that they if they when the water rose they might have dived under a rock near the stream and then been washed away. But overall. I suppose the thing about a, a healthy forest is its resilience to these sorts of weather events, and um, actually, comparatively to you know the, the way that our stream responds at Waterkanui compared to the way that these urban waterways in, in North Sporty, uh respond, is that um, the forest slows everything down. So the forest, uh, you know, more water when it hits the ground gets absorbed, more water uh, gets kind of slowed by the vegetation before it reaches the stream, and then. Our, because our streams are, are more natural watercourses, the water is slowed again by the way that the stream moves. Mm. Um, compared to these urban waterways, um, where we think about the water runs off the roads and the footpaths and the roofs really, really quickly, runs through our stormwater systems into these rivers, and so we get, tend to get higher peaks in these urban rivers than we do with our with our actual natural natural streams like the water canoe ones. Yeah. So actually, in some ways, the forest buffers that and actually makes it much less extreme, and that helps. The wildlife within a cope. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that they're adapted to that environment. So I guess it's, a, it's the bottom line in that one, isn't it? That it's it's kind of dealt with this before, and it'll deal with it again. And as long as we don't interfere, it'll not do too badly with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it also goes to show how we how we might want to think about using some of those natural systems like forests and wetlands to help control the flooding issues that we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've 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 dealt with it for a long time, and yeah, it's they they uh, they may have a they may have a, an act. Well, what's it, a planned role to play in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And so, um, with, with the with the wetness, uh, is there any any problem visiting whilst it's wet? Certainly, certainly. We, I mean, we, we were actually closed all the days um, that were wet anyway because it's it's our as it was our normal closing days. But um, we opened back up on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and yeah, there was some, there was some. I mean, there was visible sign that lots of water had moved through the forest. Some of our little streams were still very high flow as the as the forest released that water. Uh, some of the tracks had a little bit of washout in places, but overall, um, it it's. It's in really good condition, and we and we're really lucky that we have the team that we do have have been taking care of the sanctuary throughout the week. Um, but yeah, no, the the forest is very much um, alive with birds, and and everything is and everything is looking very lush. Obviously, with all this mm. water, so no, it's 
it's still a great time to visit. Um, and yeah, there's there's some interesting things going on at the moment out there. We've had um, we've had baby jewel gecko spotted in the sanctuary, baby moko kakariki who nested this time of year. Um, we've had kurimako, the bellbird, start to uh, get the first of the fuchsia pollen, the kotukutuku pollen on their face. So, you know, these are signs that um, not too far away we might even start to get to warmer days. Yes, 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 it's 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 coming. Our uh, the uh, the um the hay fever season is shifting. That's uh, maybe maybe not the most positive positive view of, of changing seasons, but yeah, definitely <laughs> something different has set me off since the rain. Um as so maybe it's fuchsia then. Um the and so yeah, lots lots going on there, and of course yeah, all that that it it is so lush up there because of the rain. That's the point, isn't it? Um, it, it wouldn't wouldn't look like that if it if it wasn't wet up there. Um, and so I, I don't want to get a reputation for being obsessed with uh, tuna, but I do I do have a question that that's come up yep. since we last talked and we talked about the migration of tuna, um, and that is around I know in Europe. Eels migrate across land when it's wet, yep. and so do tuna do the same thing when it's wet? Absolutely. They if it if it, if it is during the the migration time of year, they will migrate across the land um, as they're being blocked on their way to the ocean. So you know they'll move across little river banks. They'll move across uh, farmlands and things like that. Even. Um, and yeah, occasionally, like if you're on rural land, you can find uh, tuna in water troughs um, in the middle of these paddocks um, because, you know, they've been crawling across that paddock at night and mm-hmm. got to a trough and thought, oh, I'd better stop here for a bit because otherwise I'll dry out in the day. So, you know, they definitely have that, that ability to, to move across land, which is a pretty phenomenal thing. It is. It is. It's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a mind-blowing, isn't it? It's, it's much easier... To, to consider things as being contained in some way, um, you know those 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 freshwater fish live in that freshwater lake there, and as soon as you start start imagining that the, you know it's not quite like that, they're they are moving around and they're going different places and and everything else, everything the complexity of life becomes very apparent very quickly. Absolutely, and I mean some of the other native fish actually have. The, not so much to move across land, but like uh, Kwaro and Banded Kokopu are both really good climates. So they'll climb over little waterfalls and things as they're moving upstream. Oh, wow! So they, they they've gone with a with a climbing rather than the, the salmon's leaping. Yeah, yeah. So they they use their little. If you ever watch one do it, they have, they have um, a set of kind of pectoral and a set of um, like dorsal fins, and they will. Um, uh, actually use those almost like little legs and kind of they look like a little bit of a lizard as they move they're remarkable but yeah they'll even climb out of a bucket if you've got them in there oh I, 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 I felt shivers as you said that that sounds that sounds uh, sounds terrifying the, fi- the fish Not will, the fish will come and get you watching them move up a stream is incredible Yes, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. I, I just had a, I, I just, I, there's something, there's something about that, 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 that a fish climbing out of a bucket that, that, uh, is, is, is setting something off in me. Maybe I had a traumatic, <laughs> traumatic fish bucket incident as a child. Um, 
The, right. So, so yeah, lots of stuff. And I guess that at times like this, the, the mix up is, is, is an opportunity, like with water going more places, therefore fish having access to more places, ponds joining, that kind of thing that there's for, for, for us who like it dry, it's easier to get around when it's dry. Um, we we tend to think of the connections as being the land, but for for water animals, presumably there's there's opportunity here when it's wet. Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, it's it's not just an opportunity in terms of uh, increasing space that aquatic animals move around, but also you know um, all of the stuff that gets washed into the stream. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of our fish eat lots of invertebrates that come from the land. So lots of different things, uh, little other animals, um, all sorts of things would have been washed into our waterways over the last um, couple of weeks. And in, in a forest situation, that's good. Not so good in, in some places like in the urban and agricultural mm. environments that can wash some nastier things into the waterways. But certainly in the forest, it can wash a bunch of things in that, you know, then those things will eventually end up out in the ocean and that kind of, promotes that interconnectedness between the land and the ocean that one day, you know, those nutrients will be returned by seabirds or or by, you know, things like fuck hole New Zealand sea lions. Um so yeah, I mean it's it the these these rains are pretty full on at times, but they do they do show us these natural cycles that once exist, even if they are a bit more extreme due to climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and so um if uh, you got any events coming up at Orokinui that you want to want to tell us about? No, I said at the moment we, we've just finished our school holidays. Our yep. education team is, is is getting ready for uh, for our next, which has just started. Um, we're we're currently trying to fill up all of our all of our spots for school bookings. So if anyone's got a, a school group that they want to bring up to the sanctuary, please do get in touch. Um, but yeah, we we don't have any any major things happening over the next couple of weeks. But we are looking for we are starting to make our plan for the for later in the year for September, um, which mm-hmm. is not that far away now. Um, where we have some pretty cool stuff starting to be lined up, but we just have to wait to confirm that. Oh, watch this space. So. Um so where where can people find out about what's what's coming up at Orokinui? Yep, so definitely the best best places to keep an eye on are our newsletter, our bird call, and you can sign up for that um, on our website. Uh, our website, we're about to launch a new website soon, which will have a lot more information for this sort of thing, um, but also our social media. So whether you're following us on um, Facebook is usually where we post most of our events and our upcoming stuff, but we'll also um, put that stuff onto Instagram and Twitter as well. So wherever you're following, you should be able to um, hear what we're up to. Excellent, excellent. So uh, I've been speaking to to Taylor from, is an educator at Orokinui Eco Sanctuary, and so we've been hearing all about uh, how how the the environment and the sanctuary itself copes with the wet weather. So th- thank you, Taylor. Is there anything no else you'd like thank to add? No, we just, you know, um, in times like, you know, with with the weather we've had, uh, there will be, you know, it takes it takes our staff away from doing other things that it takes. It's going to take a couple of weeks before the sanctuary's back to kind of where it was before the rain in terms of the work that we have to do. So definitely it's a good time uh, to to come up and support us and, you know, keep 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 us able to, to do this important work by, yeah, you know, whether it's visiting the sanctuary or buying a coffee, all that stuff helps us continue our, our important work. 
Yeah, yeah, and of course, uh, so presumably as a as a as a sanctuary, as, a, as an operation, you you you're particularly susceptible to the weather, and and you know it, it a certain amount of your work will just be dictated to you as as nature takes its course, rather than rather than proactive. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been fascinating insight. Thank you so much, um, and uh, I shall shall think about more uh, tuna questions for the next time uh, we, we we talk. Uh, certainly, I'm I'm intrigued. I should I should probably just go and read a book in them. Is is might might, <laughs> might, might be easier. I, I do seem to have have a, a fair bit fair bit of desire for knowledge around them. Uh, but thank you for answering my questions. And uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll hear again from our Canadian Eco Sanctuary um, next week. Um, so thank you very much and we'll no worries thank you see you later bye this podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air